Hi, this is Paul Pactor, CEO of Long Island Cares, and welcome to another episode of Feed the Need, our weekly podcast in which we bring you, the listener, into the workings of the regional food bank, but also bringing you in for an in-depth conversation with people in the nonprofit, political, and business communities as it relates to food insecurity, corporate social responsibility, and other areas of importance to Long Island Cares. We are delighted, no, I'm delighted, to welcome to the show today Billy Ganyu, our manager of community events and food drives. Uh, and we're going to talk about food drives and how you can help support Long Island Care. So, Billy, welcome once again to uh, Feed the Need. Good morning, Paul. Thank you. So, let's get into it. Billy, Food drives, they represent about 23 to 25% of all the food that's brought into Long Island Cares on an annual basis. Why are they so important? And what's your goal right now for this year as we're, you know, we're winding down. We're in the eighth month. We've got another five months, four months to go. So let's do it that way. Why are food drives important and what do you have planned for the rest of the year? Food drives are incredibly important because they allow us to bring in food to be put immediately onto the shelves and distributed rather than purchase and have to wait for those items to come. We're able to ask for specific items for customers of grocery stores and food drive participants to give directly to us. We can cater directly to the specific needs of different cultures across Long Island mm -hmm. and direct that food to where it is needed most. What food drives are going on uh, right now that people can support? Right now, we have the Summer Food Drive to End Hunger, which will be ending at the beginning of October at different King Cullens across Long Island. We're about 12 to 14 drives into it already. We have a Ooh. few more coming up throughout September and October. We are going to be starting our Adopt the Family program soon, launching October 1st for the Thanksgiving season. Mm -hmm. We have our... October spooky food drives with <laughs> the Bone and Donna shop rights coming up as well, amongst everything else that's coming in the works for the holidays in general. That's a lot of activity. Let's take them one by one. <clears throat> King Cullen, more than a dozen stores here on Long Island, including their Wild by Nature brand. And the food drives are going on right now on the weekends or e during the week? They're going on on the weekends from nine to five each day. At each of the King Cullen stores, or, or they specific alternate? Specific ones across really? the island, so we alternate. Uh, these particular ones are based on certain assembly members, so mm -hmm. it takes place in their respective districts. Oh, okay. So we have state legislators that are partnering with Long Island Cares. Correct. And they are uh, basically the sponsors of these local food drives. Correct. And do they show up? Are they, are they there when people are donating food? They do show up to thank customers as they enter the store and help promote Long Island Cares and talk about the foods we're in need of most. Well, that, that's wonderful. Let's talk about Adopt-A-Family. This is something that you embarked on here at Long Island Cares. It was your idea. Uh, are you in the third year now? Or the, the fifth year. The fifth year now of Adopt-A-Family. And the way that program works... Uh, is how. Tell our listeners how, how it works. How can they support Adopt-A-Family? We try to make it as simple as possible. We provide a list of the most needed items for Thanksgiving in order to provide a family a full Thanksgiving meal. Mm -hmm. And we simply ask that our donors 
purchase or raise that food, package it up individually, and deliver it to any of our locations. And from there, our volunteers double check it, Mm -hmm. repack it, and they're sent to our member agencies immediately. This year, we're incorporating more than just the traditional basket. We have lists for kosher Thanksgiving meals, South American slash Central American meals, Mm -hmm. and meals for Caribbean Islanders. So the... Food that's being donated to Long Island Cares to support adopt a family. Uh, is that all the fixings and the vegetables and the potatoes and everything else? It doesn't include the the main donation of a turkey or a chicken or a ham or something like that. Correct. The donors are more than welcome to mm-hmm. make those donations, but since we typically provide those and we're able to source them and secure them through other ways, mm-hmm. we ask for really just the fixings. Okay. How how many families are we able to provide a holiday meal to uh, through Adopt-A-Family? In 2021, we were able to provide to over 11,000 families. Wow. Hmm. 11,000 families here on Long Island getting a meal for Thanksgiving to share with their families because Long Islanders supported Long Island Care's Adopt-A-Family program. Uh, Is that something that, as you said, People who want to support Adopt-A-Family simply can put together the box or the bag of all the fixings, the vegetables, the potatoes, everything else, and bring them to any one of our locations. Correct. So that the public has an opportunity to make these donations at any one of our eight locations. Uh, Those locations, for for those of you that may not be familiar with it, Long Island Care's main facility that we refer to as headquarters is located in Hopog, New York at 10 Davids Drive. Uh, if you can't make it to Hopog, you can drop off the donation at our satellite programs in Freeport, Lindenhurst, Huntington Station, Hampton Bays, Bethpage, or even our Center for Community Engagement, which is also in Hopog. And can people... They purchase the products at their local supermarket, whatever. They drop them off uh, here at any one of Long Island Care's eight locations. And then what happens to those donations? We have volunteers on site here at 75 Davids that will be double-checking everything, adding items if it's necessary, and then boxing them up so that they can be palletized and delivered mm-hmm. to the agencies requesting those requesting the baskets. What's your goal this year in 2022? How many families are you looking to help? I would love to break 12,000 this year, if it's possible. Do you see that uh, inflation or the continuation of uh, COVID and people still getting sick, that that's going to have an impact on any of this at all? I think it will definitely. The heart mm-hmm. behind people is still there. For the, the drive to give is still there. Right. But uh, even at our supermarket food drives, we're finding donations of money to be increasing mm-hmm. versus the actual purchasing of food. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Recently, at the end of uh, June, I took a look at the numbers uh, for food drives. And given inflation and given the fact that it's the summer and people are still trying to cope with covid Food drives, the uh, amount of food coming in that's donated from food drives is only down like 7%. That's really nothing. That's not significant. What it says to me is Long Islanders still care uh, about their neighbors in need. And despite inflation, despite having to, uh, you know, I guess be a little more careful or, uh, you know, being a little more concerned about their finances, they're still supporting uh, things like food drives. 
Uh, and of course, the last quarter of the year, October, November, December, is when uh, people always think a lot about people in need. Even though uh, hunger knows no holiday, it's 365 days a year. Uh, talk a little bit about with me your annual legislative pet food drive, because that's a unique program that, you know, a lot of people felt, well, it's nice that you provide pet food, but I don't think anyone thought that it would take off the way it has at Long Island Cares, uh, collecting pet food, not only to support uh, our member agencies, but also to support Baxter's Pet Pantry, which is our freestanding pet pantry in uh, the Lindenhurst community. So let's talk about the legislative pet food drive. How did that come to be? Uh, what did you do in terms of reaching out to our legislators on all different levels of government to make this so successful where, you know, you're raising more than 20,000 pounds of pet food a year with this program? Uh, the legislative pet food drive came after Baxter's was created here at Long Island Cares in mm -hmm. response to families having to part with their pets in order to pay for bills. And we wanted to make sure that pets were kept with the family. Mm -hmm. So the previous food drive manager had created the legislative pet food drive. And when I took over, we just kept it up and started challenging all of the legislators to compete amongst each other to see who could raise the most food. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, we had seen an increase up until COVID every year with the amount of people participating, the amount of community partners the legislators were, were participating with. And just breaking over 20,000 pounds of pet food was was fantastic. Mm. And seeing it happen across all levels, local Long Island legislators, state legislators, was really amazing for everyone to come together to just show support for Long Island pets. Yeah, I think in, in many ways, people, <laughs> I've said this over the years, that sometimes people find it more uh, rewarding to feed a pet, yes. you know, to feed an animal as opposed to feeding a person who may be in need. And, you know, Baxter's is one of those benchmark programs that we created that other food banks uh, have consulted with us about uh, duplicating. Uh, and, you know, when you put together things like pets and politicians, uh, good things happen. <laughs> they certainly do. <laughs> we've been we've been fine with that. You spoke a little bit about you mentioned about multiculturalism and diversity and looking at those issues in terms of uh, our food drives, what we do know uh, is happening here on Long Island right now, at least through Long Island Cares, is that 74% of the people who are visiting our satellite programs are uh, people from cultural communities, primarily South America, Central America, and of course the African American population. Combined, it's 74%. So how... Are you uh, and your volunteers uh, trying to adjust and, you know, to, to look at the issue of uh, diversity in terms of the food drives? We're starting with our own locations first, since those staff members can speak directly to their clients and find mm -hmm. out what it is they need most. So last year, out of our Huntington Station office with Adopt the Family, for example, our program manager there was able to target specific families, asking them, what is it that you need for Thanksgiving? Mm -hmm. And those lists were black and white compared to what a traditional Thanksgiving is to what someone from South America would be using here. Right. And we started supplying those lists to donors going to that location so they could purchase food for 
but met specific specific cultural needs mm -hmm. rather than just here buy mashed potatoes stuffing corn and all the other what we consider traditional items right i, th I think most people feel that uh you have to provide a family with a turkey and all right. the uh trimmings for thanksgiving yet as you mentioned, there are some families that uh, don't eat turkey. It's not part of their uh, culture. Uh, so they want something else. And it's important that the food bank be able to pivot uh, to that uh, need because, as I just mentioned, 74% of the people that we're seeing uh, are multicultural uh, families. And in particular, the South American and Central American families that represent 52% of all the uh, people that are coming to our satellite locations. What, you know, what kind of food are we looking at in terms of cultural diversity? I know that uh, when we deal in fresh produce, there are things that uh, aren't grown in the United States that we have to purchase from uh, other suppliers. Uh, so what are you seeing some of the uh, diverse food that we're trying to collect right now or even purchase? There's a very stark difference between the produce that is mm -hmm. being asked for versus so instead of maybe green beans and carrots, we're looking at produce that's specific to South America. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of things like stuffing and mashed potatoes, we're being asked for corn flour or mm -hmm. different, just different types of foods that can substitute those. I mean, we certainly... Uh you know, there's produce out there like, like star fruits or dragon fruits that we usually don't deal with on a regular basis in the United States. But the fact of the matter is our population is changing. And uh, most people are aware of it. And I believe that most people embrace it because we are a nation of immigrants. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, people that come to this country, people that come to Long Island in particular, uh, are finding it difficult from, you know, a uh, financial uh, basis that it's difficult to live here. The cost of living is very high. Rents are high. Uh, you know, going out uh, clothes shopping or food shopping, you know, that's up by about 10 to 15 percent these days. So people are struggling. Uh, but it's to your credit that the food drives are really uh, keeping pace with the need. Thank you. Uh, what do you hope? What are some of the things that you're thinking about moving forward uh, in terms of spicing up our food drives to get, you know, get people excited about them. Looking more into the possibility of hosting more than just one store a weekend, mm -hmm. seeing if we're able to get enough volunteers to support multiple drives so that we can really ask for more mm -hmm. items than versus the, you know, the general, we need peanut butter and jelly, we need right. rice, to try to include more, hit up more diverse neighborhoods where mm -hmm. the donors, um, it's just second nature to purchase those items. Right trying to come up with more fun and creative ways for those foods mm -hmm. to come in. Re rebuilding what we had done with the virtual food drive mm -hmm. during the height of COVID-19. Right. And really just trying to bring focus on the fact that hunger is year-round. It's not just a Thanksgiving mm -hmm. need. And you've, you've also had uh, a lot of success with recruiting students to host food drives and uh, be there to, you know, to staff food drives as well. If somebody wants to get involved in sponsoring a food drive or volunteering at a food drive, how would they contact us? For registering their own food drive, they can go to our website at licares.org and complete mm -hmm. the food drive registration form. 
They can email you directly at fooddrive at licares.org. For anybody interested in volunteering, if it's an adult, 18 and older, they can complete our volunteer registration form. Mm -hmm. If they are a student between the ages of 13 through 19, they can complete the student volunteer core registration form. And our volunteer coordinator and myself send out all of those opportunities to everyone signed up as they become available. Oh, that that's wonderful. This has really been very, uh, very, very informative. But that's the signal, Billy. We have run out of time. Uh, I want to thank Billy Ganyu, our Food Drive and Community Events Manager, for joining me today on Feed the Need. Until next time, if you're enjoying the program, please subscribe to the podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time right here on Feed the Need from Long Island Cares. Mm-hmm.